Welcome to Chill Howie Chat, the Maryville College podcast. Our guests today are Leonard Lively and Lindsay Lively. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much oh, for having you. us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. So next week on March 30th and 31st, um, you have Sturdy as a Rock, a production that is coming up at the Clayton Center. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, it's uh, it's written as a fulfillment of my senior thesis at Maryville College, and I am a theater and religion double major. And I always knew that I wanted to combine uh, both both majors into a senior thesis, and the bicentennial was coming up, and I thought it was there was no better time to tell the this religious founding story of our college than now. And it's the culmination of a lot of hard work in the archives, a lot of hard work writing, and my sisters. My sister wrote it with me. Can you say a little yeah. bit more? Yeah. Um, so the just to give you a little bit of idea about what the plot of this show is. So we're basically telling the story of how Maribel College was founded. So we start with Isaac Anderson on his journey when he's just coming from um, Virginia and he's a circuit preacher up into founding the college, and then even after his death, up into even we foreshadow even modern day events that have happened. And I think the thing that's really cool about this show and the thing that people will get out of it is when you come to Maribel College, like as a student, we all sort of get the history. You have to go to all those like classes at the beginning and we kind of become in a way numb to it we you know we hear it and we don't picture Isaac Anderson as a real person we don't picture these people as real relatable people but in seeing it live on stage I hope that that's my hope that people will connect with it and yes we're doing it through musical numbers and you know a theatrical telling but in a way I hope that we can make it seem like they're real people mm-hmm. you mentioned the archives what are some of the materials that you accessed and worked with to put this production together? Uh, When I started, I tried to find every biography of Isaac Anderson ever written, even going back to a uh, biography written in 1860 by former college president John Joseph Robinson. And that's the oldest, really, piece of historical artifact we have about him, and it gives the most personal picture of him. So I utilized a lot of that book, uh, I transcribed uh, a bunch of sermon notes from uh, from Isaac Anderson and uh, really learned about his philosophy and religion and tried to tie all of that into the show. And how did you, when you were creating the music for the production, how did you lean on some of those resources for the work that you did? Um, so we've done a lot of, me and Linny are a good team in that way because he's very much, you know, getting the facts straight and having all the history straight. And I'm more of like, about they're like, oh, but let's make it fun and, you know, make it musical. So I had to think about, you know, from reading the script and what he's told me, like, how would these characters feel and what are they feeling and how would they sing and, you know, how to make each... A song that I wrote seemed like a real person and so yes going off of the history that he's giving me but trying to relate that to what would a modern audience mm-hmm. think about that how would a modern audience relate to that mm-hmm. and so even that even goes as far as like instrumentation like pick, picking what instruments I want to go with each character you know how what would it sound like if you know if for instance Isaac Anderson's wife um, Flora because she's this very like calming feminine president presence throughout the whole um, throughout the whole show she keeps him grounded and so I wanted her to have like a light ukulele behind her and that every time her theme comes back it brings back that sort of light feeling that it's sort of calming that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I love about my sister's music is she's tied in Appalachian music traditions like hymns 
what would Isaac Anderson have listened to in his life? I mean, it would right. be a bunch of hymns, but she she's really tied in like shape note singing tradition, mountain music traditions into the, it's written into the music and it, it really gives a fleshed out historical picture. Thanks, brother. And um, I've worked with uh, professors here at MC. Um, we both want to thank our professors, um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Sherry Matasic, for helping me sort of research all this and yes. helping me learn about those traditions. Yes, and I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Heather McMahon and uh, Lisa Soland, both Maryville College professors, for helping me with this. As you were putting this together, t- talk to me about how long this took you. This is not something you just decided, you know, last month to put mm-hmm. together. Tell, tell me a bit about your timeline of putting all this together. Well, I came upon the idea of writing a musical about Isaac Anderson uh, fall of uh, 2017. Yeah, in a, uh, in a research class for my thesis, like really pre- preliminary research. And I thought, oh... You, you could make a story out of this. You could make a musical out of this. So it started out just as a straight play, and I was writing the script, and I thought, you know, it's, it's the bicentennial, and in, in the past, for the sesquicentennial, we did a musical. So I thought, why not? Why would we let that tradition die? So I asked my sister to write music to accompany the script, and it's, it's a beautiful pairing. Yeah. Music has been such a huge part of life here on campus since the very beginning. Yes. How did that help inspire what you did for the production? Well, yes, there's been a long history of music, like the concert choir, that has, that's a tradition that has stretched back for so long. So a lot of the music that I've written for the show is sort of in that four-part choral texture. Um, we have a chorus of four um, people who function as our chorus throughout the show, and they switch in and out and play different characters. Um, but when they come together, they sort of are the guiding force in telling the story. And so a lot of their music is written in that, in that sort of four-part uh, choral structure to mm-hmm. keep with that tradition. Leonard, when it was time to cast the show, what what did you look for? Did you you know did you advertise here on campus? How, how did you cast the other members in in the production? Well, from very early on on the in the process, I decided I wanted this to be an entirely Maryville College student like uh, production. Everyone who wrote the show were students. Who do the technical aspects are students. Who do uh, who are acting the show are all students. So uh, and students who can sing. So I. There's a lot of uh, Maryville College Choir members in the show, and I, yeah, I, they, they're all friends outside of the show, and so when we came together, it was a beautiful ensemble blending from day one. Lindsay, from your standpoint, what was the biggest challenge that you encountered in preparing for this? Um, well, I think just for me, um, when Lenny sort of approached me about this idea, I really hadn't written any music before. I'm a music major, but I'm a music education major. Um, so this is something like, I'd written like little songs before, and I was I had taken a little bit of um, composition with Dr. Matasic, but I certainly hadn't, I had no idea how to write a musical. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. And so I went to Dr. Matasic and was just kind of like, can we do this? And she was like, well, we can try. So, you know, just trying to figure out how to, how how do you write a musical and relying on like background knowledge that I'd had from what does musical theater look like? What do these Appalachian traditions look like? And how can we weave those? And yeah, it's been it's been a long journey, but it's been really fun. Do you think what you've learned in, in, in this particular project will help you going forward into your future career? Oh, absolutely. I think whether or not, I mean, I would love to write another musical. And we've talked about before mm-hmm. that we don't want this to be our last one. Um, but even if I continue and go on to be a teacher, I think that I can hopefully use, you know, writing music 
got to write songs for kids and arranging and all kinds of things. Yeah. What was your biggest challenge? Uh, my biggest challenge was uh, was to juggle the the historical accuracy of the show and trying to make a a enjoyable show to watch. Like a show has to have conflict in it, and a lot of the historical uh, documents that we have like to kind of cherry coat the the truth a little bit, make it seem like it's it's a we're always been doing this noble mission. So it's been difficult to try to find conflict and inject that into the story to make an enjoyable thing to watch. But I have succeeded, and it is enjoyable to watch. Yes, don't, it don't, is. Don't let me, don't let me, uh, yeah. What do you hope, and you touched on this a little bit early, but I want both of you to talk about this. What do you hope people walk away from this production with that evening? Uh, I would like people to feel connected back to this early part of our story because the Maryville College story is a story that gets written every single day with the students, administrators, uh, presidents, but it's a story that has a beginning that we don't like, we don't think about very often. So I'd like an audience member to feel connected to this, to this history in our bicentennial year. Yeah, and I, going off that, I think my main thing, people walking away from this, is I would like people to think about that these were real people and they had real struggles and they, you know, had triumphs and that when they come to the show that hopefully they will leave feeling, as Lenny said, more connected, knowing that these were real people and they did something really great that we should keep remembering as we go through our journey here at Maribel College. We can't just learn about it in orientation and never think about it again. Mm -hmm. Do you mind to share with us some of the music from the show? Just a sample of what we will experience? Sure. I will sing for you a little bit, and this does not have any, um, any uh, instrumentation behind it right now, but I'll sing to you uh, what when Isaac Anderson first meets his uh, soon-to-be wife, Flora, and they meet for the first time, and he's sort of talking to her about why she lives in Maryville and, and what are her views on the world, and it's called In the Mountains. My daddy used to say about the mountains that you're closer to God up here. All my life I've lived in these mountains and it's finally become quite clear. Up here there's a spirit that surrounds you in the trees, in the air, and in the sod. In each flower that grows on the mountains, you can see the face of God. It's like the face of God. Wonderful. Thank you. Oh, thank what a you. great taste of the show. So, Leonard, if you'll tell us, how can people get tickets? When When is the show happening? All the... Uh, the, the show is happening March 30th and 31st in the Haslam Family Flexible Theater in the Clayton Center for the Arts. There are performances at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. on both of those days, and tickets can be purchased at www.claytonartscenter.com. Excellent. I think people can also stop by the box office. Oh, on there. the box yes, office, yes. Absolutely. And before we let you go today, I'm going to ask both of you this. Lindsay, I'll start with you. Okay. What does noble, grand, and true mean to you? So what I think noble, grand, and true means to me is it kind of goes back to our, our 
core values in Maribel College. We have the Covenant Stone, um, which is, of course, scholarship, respect, and integrity. And for me, noble, grand, and true is just a really more easy and catchy way of saying scholarship, respect, and integrity. Um, so those are our guiding principles that we try and live by each day as Maribel College students and as alums. And I think that Isaac Anderson truly embodied. And so as each day as we go about our Maribel College journey, um, I hope that we can all do those things. Mm-hmm. And what about you? Uh, I think that noble, grand, and true means is talking about our uh, continuing and enduring mission here at Maribel College. It, my favorite parts of this research were moments where I saw like real personal lives, like what it was like to live in a dormitory, and things that every student here in Maribel College has always experienced. And there's that connection that has spanned 200 years. And that's what I'd say noble, grand, and true means to me. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. We wish you much success with the production next weekend, and we can't wait to see it. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. we Chat is brought to you by the Maryville Fund. The Maryville Fund supports Maryville College's most pressing needs, including student scholarships, library resources, and faculty professional development. Gifts to the Maryville Fund are applied where they will benefit students and faculty in the most significant and immediate ways. That means you can make an immediate impact on the Maryville College experience today by making a safe, secure online donation to the Maryville Fund at maryvillecollege.edu slash give today.